Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and this is episode 146 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kaser and Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast to mock draft the second half of the fantasy football season based on what we know now. This is the second part of a longer episode that I decided to splice into two episodes, so I apologize in advance for any glitches. Lucas, Chris, and I learned a lot from this mock draft while recapping the first half of the season and looking ahead to the second half, including the fantasy playoffs. I encourage you all to do the same. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, let's have some fun. We're going to get into a second half draft. Uh, this is inspired by a handful of uh, you know people that we listen to and look up to in in the uh, industry and our our good homie over at BDGE, uh, Nick Ercolano, and the guys um, have done this. A lot of people have done this, and we tried to do it last week. Um, but again, uh, you know, Chris is all the way on the East Coast. Lucas is in the Midwest. I'm all the way on the West Coast. So we have a three-plus-hour uh, time difference, so it's a little bit tough for us to get together uh, whenever we want to. But um, we are able to do it uh, now. It's been a couple weeks in a row, which is fantastic. But we moved into this week. I'm really excited to do this. I think this is going to be fun. What we're going to do is just take turns like we would in a snake draft. The three of us, we're going to draft three rounds of a 12-team league, full PPR, and this isn't, te- this isn't we're drafting a team for ourselves. This is we're just kind of laying out who we think would be uh, the first 36 picks if we were to draft all over again this year. Before we get into the draft, question for you guys. I've never done it before, but I would be super down to do it sometime. And Chris and I discussed a while back when we had you on one of the first times what we talked about maybe having the TCK Pod Listener League changing format every single season just because. Doing like a standard league, doing a super flex league, um, doing a tight end premium like dynasty, whatever. I don't know. Mm. But I think one thing that could be fun one year is to do a half and half league. Have you guys ever heard of this where basically you draft a team for the first, um, uh, I think it's six or seven weeks with fantasy. And then you basically like kill that league and you could do first place or not. You can redo settings, whatever you want to do for standings, but then you redraft the whole league with what you know mm. now. And you basically start over. Um, have you guys ever heard of this? Have you ever done it before? Just a quick thought on that general yeah. principle. I love the idea. I think it could be an absolute shit show, though, if you don't do it right. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually in one right now. Uh, really, that's awesome. It's like a, I don't. I'm trying to think of the uh, We Know Fantasy. I think that's the Twitter account. It's like a little tournament type deal. Uh, I think there was four different leagues on Sleeper. We drafted the first six weeks, top two redrafted. Like if that makes sense, kind of like what you're explaining. And then I think we have another one if you qualify again. So I think there's three rounds. But, yeah, it was, it's interesting. Because, like, I, I think I went undefeated. And then now my team sucks in this half. I, it's hard, though. Mm. Do, you pick, do you pick from the same draft order? Or do you have to – you have a brand-new draft order? I think it was ran, uh, yeah, I think it was randomized. I had, like, the fourth pick, and I think I was the only undefeated team. So I don't think your past record had any – like, ma- didn't matter at all. My only concern with that is the redraft. How do you do that? So and, I, and, and say you're undefeated and I'm winless. Uh, do we pay you out like halfway? Do we not pay you out? Do we just shit can the whole thing and start over? Do you get to like keep three players maybe? That might be a cool thing to have like a half keeper where you keep like three from your original roster for your next roster and then redraft. That'd be kind of fun. And then go like reverse standings draft order or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you well, if you just did like – half and half you'd have to like the like the bottom of three like an eliminator type thing i think would have like if you're not having because there'd be no incentive to do good in the first half you know what i'm saying right but Mm. yeah you'd have to like have something attached to the like bottom three teams or something like that or maybe if you're top three you get to keep a player or something wow i think that's uh i think that's cool cool, Uh, yeah yeah, totally. Listeners, if any of you have done that, you're familiar with the uh, – I've, I've heard of them referred to as half-and-half half leagues. I don't know if there's a particular term for it. Anyway, if you've played in or you know of a league that basically plays the first half with one roster and you kind of mix it up however you do that, redraft or throw everything back in or whatever, and then you do a second half within the same season, 
Um, if you're familiar with how to do that or you've done it before, please hit us up and let me know how that works because I, I've heard of the idea. I think it's kind of cool, but I think it could also be kind of a mess if you don't have someone you know that knows what they're doing to handle that. So please hit us up and let us know. Without any further ado, let's get into this draft. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Chris, we are giving you the first pick, my man. Uh, All right. 101, uh, Lucas, you are second, I'm third, and then we're just going to snake the rest of the way. So then I'll go Lucas, Chris, then Chris, Lucas, me, blah, 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 for 12 picks. We'll wrap back around. We've got 36 picks. Um, let's try not to – I mean, we could do this for five hours. Let's try <laughs> not to. Let's let's maybe – if you have specific analysis on somebody, let's hold it down. That's always welcome here on the podcast. If not, let's just let's just run down and uh, go name by name. Uh, you guys have access to the to the sheet here. So go ahead and punch in your guy. Um, and uh, we will go from there. Chris, I will let you take it away, my man. All right, yeah. First overall, I, I, you got to go Christian McCaffrey at this point. Um, I like the schedule, you know, even coming up. He seems to be matchup proof as long as he stays healthy. You got to take him. Yep, 101. Uh, I think that would be every single person's pick. He was kind of – he was the first pick in some people's beforehand. Uh, you know, if you picked Christian McCaffrey first overall over Zeke, over Kamara, over Saquon Barkley, um, you win. <laughs> so yep, you are yeah. you, you are definitely stoked and if you had like the fourth pick in your draft and you were bumming that you ended up with McCaffrey and you were pissed you still win so congratulations Lucas uh 102 yep so obviously we're doing this based off of like if the league were to, if we played from now until the end of the season uh league so I'm taking Dalvin Cook he not only I mean he not only is the running back too on the season but his upcoming schedule and in quotations, playoff schedule. I guess we don't. That doesn't really matter now. Is uh, very very easy. I think it's like number two overall. But I mean, you probably weigh him between him and Saquon. I would think, but I think he has the edge uh, so far this year. Yep, I agree. And uh, looking at my pick here in the third, I am not going to go with Saquon at a running back. I'm actually going to go with Michael Thomas. And here's why: uh, full PPR. The dude's a fucking animal. Um, absolutely killing it. And he played five games with Teddy Bridgewater. He now gets Drew Brees back for the second half of the season. He's been unbelievable. His entire career breaking all sorts of records. He might set the single season record for um, reception this year. He's getting the yardage. He's a little low on touchdowns, but I think that increases with Brees. Nice record moving forward. Michael, Th Michael Thomas is my man. He, you're picking him up in the second round to start the season. Uh, now for me, he's my third overall pick in a full PPR league. I'm going to go with my man, Michael Thomas. And for my second pick here, I guess the fourth pick overall, um, I, I kind of want to go with Mike Evans um, because I'm looking at the receivers or I'm sorry, the, the running backs and just in points scored so far, Aaron Jones, I'm worried about that fading. Austin Eckler is just not going to be Austin Eckler anymore. Leonard Fournette, I would love to have happen if he's going to score the touchdowns. Can't really trust him. Chubb has Kareem Hunt coming up. Zeke, I think, is going to be my pick here because I think he gets that touchdowns to come up, and um, the Cowboys have a nice uh, record moving forward. So I will go with Zeke at the 104, which moves it back to Lucas. Yeah, I think since you took Zeke, I think I was going to bring it up earlier. Did you – I don't know if you noticed uh, the Monday night game. He had no targets. He did have no targets. I did see that, but um, I just – I don't think that's the game plan, man. I, I think uh, I think that they can run all over the Giants, and they did that, and then they got up and just kind of hung out and didn't need to use them. I think when they get in more competitive games, especially down the stretch, I think they're going to use Zeke quite a bit like they did in the beginning of the season. Um, and Zeke was my number one running back coming into the season over Saquon. And taking him at four, if I were to draft today, I still feel that's a steal. So I'll take Zeke number four. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think it's a good pick. I'm actually – oh, gosh, that's hard. I think I'm actually going to go Mike Evans here. Um, mm -hmm. I think, like, if you were thinking about it, you'd probably boil it down to Saquon and Kamara. Only reason I have against Kamara is obviously we're doing this as of today. And even if Kamara is fully healthy, I still think they use Latavius Murray. Because um, they don't care about fantasy, they care about a Super Bowl. So they're going to run both backs in order to win the game. Uh, Mike Evans has been on terror. Like we said, my air yards, uh, what was the word you had for it, Scott? If you remember. Oh, uh, I think it was the validator. Val yep, sure. The air yards validator. Uh, he's going to continue to tear it up, especially against the Cardinals this week. 
I'm with you. I, I love the Mike Evans pick, man. I was so stoked to have him. Uh, it was hilarious because now, you know, I was battling all preseason of like, who's my like, you know, fifth, sixth receiver. Is it Antonio Brown or is it Mike Evans? Ugh. Uh, we'll see. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to be in our top uh, three rounds here, but we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris, you got the back-to-back here, brother, six and seven. All right. So I'm going to go with Saquon. I know uh, he's had a bit of a down season with respect to the injury, but he is, to me, I thought he was the best running back in the Dallas versus New York Giants game. He just looked more explosive when he had the opportunities. It kind of reminded me of the classic, like, Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders scenario. And – Emmett Smith just has, you know, the running room. So Zeke just looks a lot better. But uh, I think Saquon's the Barry Sanders, and I would take Barry Sanders. So um, Saquon is my number six. And then number seven, I'm going to take Chris Godwin. Um, Similar to Mike Evans, I think he's averaging like nine or ten targets on average per game. um, And he's making the most out of every opportunity. So, um, yeah, he's a lock uh, in the seventh spot for me. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are number one and two in receivers right now in PPR fantasy, which is fucking unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, It's it's weird because you say that, but then everyone hates on Jameis Winston. Yeah, because he's shitty. I know. Like, it's so – It doesn't make sense. He's horrible. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that it's it's O.J. Howard who's the one who's not – who's missing. You know what I mean? It's like – Yeah, I feel that. Winston Winston hasn't hasn't really changed except except the distribution of the ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Winston's gonna finish as a top ten fantasy QB because he's gonna throw four touchdowns a game. It's just not what you want, I guess you could say, because one of the quarterbacks ahead of him is gonna have one bust week and it's gonna put him up there. Well, and and think about this last year. You know, this looks crazy having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin say in the top seven if we were to actually draft like this. But just a year ago, before Antonio Brown fucking you know, hit the fan and the Steelers were the Steelers with big Ben and and Juju and everybody else. We had, we had a B and Juju in the top 10 and a lot of, and a lot of drafts, right? And Le'Veon Bell. And and Le'Veon Bell. So uh, it looks crazy now, but just, you know, kind of think about it, man. It's crazy. Um, So yeah, very impressive for the bucks. Very impressive. Um, Let's see, Chris, you had back to back Lucas um is it up to you or you just go it's up to it's yeah me at eight right now uh i'm not gonna let kamara slide any further uh i think him and godwin i think are the two that could go in this pick so i think the godwin picks a very nice pick yes latavius murray's gonna come back like i said but he's still on kamara he'll still get you the the 15 plus a week uh in a very very good offense if he's healthy man i love it i'm a little bit worried about an ankle sprain just because those are no joke but Alvin Kamara is yeah. just so – dude, he's so dope. I love watching him play. Great personality. Um, I'm also a fan of Airheads, so I will uh, – I like the pick on Kamara. I'm going to take uh, Fournette here, um, and I think this is maybe the most risky pick of the first round, in my opinion, because he's getting the volume, he's getting the rushing yards, but he's not getting the touchdowns. That is a factor, clearly, and that's a red flag, but – he is – I heard uh, J.J. Zacharyson, who's a great follow. Um, I would recommend his podcast for sure and following him on Twitter. He was saying that uh, the expected touchdowns for Leonard Fournette is like eight on the season, which is insane. If he had eight touchdowns, he'd probably be a top one or two. Well, probably not one with McCaffrey. He'd be number, but he'd, he'd be number three, I think, for sure. He'd, he'd be the number three running back in fantasy football right now. Yeah, so It's crazy. Um, Leonard Fournette's just not getting the touchdowns. I don't think Nick Foles is like that much better than Garner Minshew, but I think that changes the dynamic of the team. He is getting more receptions. He's on pace for 70 receptions this year. I like that a lot. They give him the ball almost every single play. I like Leonard Fournette a lot. I'll take him at nine. And on the back end, my man Cooper Cup, I'm, I've been kicking myself all season that I didn't actually draft him when I wanted to. I was worried about the ACL. Um, and Dr. Jesse Morse, who's a great guest on uh, BDGE, um, which I follow uh, quite a bit, um, was worried about Cooper Cup as well. And I take his uh, recommendations very seriously. He's very good at what he does. And I was worried about Cup, so I faded him. But I said when I was ranking the Rams that if Cup was healthy, he's bar none my favorite receiver for the Rams. I just had him third because I wasn't sure about the ACL. Holy shit, here we go, right? I mean, he's absolutely on fire. He has had a couple down games, but now Cook – uh, might be done for the season. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods has been nowhere to be found. Todd Gurley's not there. Cooper Cup is the offense for the Rams. I like him a lot. I think he's a steal, to be honest with you, at the back of the first round, but I'll take him at 10. Uh, Lucas, you're up. And then, Chris, you got back-to-back here going into the second round. 
just to add on to Leonard Fournette, he has 35 rushes in the 20-yard line. Instead of the 20-yard line, one touchdown. Unbelievable, dog. It's, it's, uh, yeah, makes no sense. Uh, but at pick 11, I think it comes down to, I guess, who your favorite receiver is in kind of the top tier as of right now. Uh, I took uh, Nuke Hopkins. He – not necessarily a bad start to the season. He just wasn't getting, like, the monster games to make him worth the pick you spent on him at wide receiver one, I believe. Yeah, wide receiver Yeah, he one. was he was one or two with, uh, with Devontae. And like he's not, I'm not saying he's having a bad season because I mean like Juju's having a bad season before he drafted him, but I think Hopkins is, eh, I guess. But he's gonna he's he's been evening that out lately. Uh, the last three or four weeks have been pretty solid, and I think they're gonna continue to build off that uh, as the Texans are kind of catching some steam here. I like that a lot. I love me some Nuke and uh, with Fuller often on the field. I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson is gonna target him, and he started slow. And uh, I think I think Nuke is absolutely. Uh, a steal here. I mean, again, going as a top five or six pick in most leagues, and now you're getting him in the back of the first round. Boom. Uh, Chris, who do you have at number 12? All right. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Uh, him and Russell Wilson have been clicking. They pretty much picked up right where they left, left off last year, and um, they don't seem to be slowing down. So, I th- Sky, I think it was one in one of your um, like preseason episodes, you had talked about their efficiency and how incredible it was and how basically no one was projecting that it was going to continue. And it basically has continued. And it's like, it's so absurd how efficient they are between QB and receiver. Um, that, that was exactly my take is that they had a yeah. hundred, they had a one fifty three point eight, which is perfect. passer rating from Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. And I basically said, that's super awesome. There's no way in hell that's going to happen again. And guess what? They're better than last year. <laughs> it's, at, it's at 138 right now. Dude, yeah. they're, they're absolutely unbelievable. And I thought Tyler Lockett was too small. Not Russell Wilson wouldn't be as efficient. I thought, you know, Chris Carson would have 200 more carries than he actually does. I didn't think the Seahawks would be putting up this many points. Russell Wilson throws a lot in the end zone, which I didn't see coming either. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I got to give it to him, man. Tyler yep. Lockett is the truth. And again, I don't like the Seahawks. Love Russell Wilson. He is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Great pick yep. there at the last pick of the first round. We're going to wrap back to you, brother, and you're going to kick off uh, round two with the first pick in the second round. All right. So I kind of had a toss-up here um, between Aaron Jones or Josh Jacobs, um, primarily because uh, – well, let, let me tell you what I picked. I picked Aaron Jones. So I went Aaron Jones over Josh Jacobs – um, I like the situation better for Aaron Jones. He's got a pretty decent schedule coming up on the second half of the year, particularly in the playoffs. Um, weeks 14, 15, and 16, he's got Washington, Chicago, and then has a tough matchup against Minnesota in the championship week. But generally speaking, he's, he's pretty good uh, with respect to who he's playing defensively. Um, but I do like Josh Jacobs. I just, I just love what the kid's doing right now over in, uh, in Oakland. I, just, you know, I think he's going to be the runaway for rookie of the year. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pause on Josh Jacobs. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. I like it. Just risky with, uh, with the workload, but he has been incredibly efficient this year and getting a lot of work out of the yeah. backfield as well. And, Lucas, who do you have at the uh, second pick of the second round? Yeah, I'm going to take Julio here. Um, kind of in the same spot as Hopkins. These uh, turnarounds uh, in the drafts are kind of, I don't know, sort of up for grabs in the Tier 2 category. But Julio, kind of the same boat as Hopkins just hasn't had. Uh, he started the season with a couple monster games, but just hasn't put up like the 30 point games lately, but he's still been very, very consistent. Uh, he's sitting at wide receiver six and points per game. Uh, can't go wrong with that. Uh, he's going to be a wide receiver one on your team every week. So I'm going to take him at the 202. Love it. Great pick, man. Love me, Julio. Uh, he is still my favorite overall real NFL wide receiver in the league. Um, if I were to pick anybody in the league to start uh, my roster at wide receiver in the NFL, I would pick Julio Jones. Love him. Uh, just his whole game, dude. He, I think he's just one of the few guys in the league who literally has every ability. Um, and it's just awesome to see when he's, when he's clicking. Uh, I am going to go with Chris Carson here. Um, he's the eighth overall running back right now. And to be honest with you, another guy who I think is lacking touchdowns for the opportunity that he's had. We just mentioned how much Lockett and Russell Wilson and now DK Metcalf are blowing it up for the Seahawks. They're scoring a lot of points. Russell Wilson throws a lot in the red zone. If half of those, uh, you know, opportunities or even, you know, 
a quarter of them were going to Chris Carson, I think he'd have, you know, three, four, five more touchdowns, which would increase him a lot. He's good for 20 touches and nearly 100 yards every single game. Love that. You, they're using him somewhat out of the backfield. I like that a lot. And so far, Rashad Penny has not been as much of a, a hindrance as I think we thought he was going to be preseason. I like Chris Carson as a third pick in the second round. After that, I'm going to double up and I'm going to go with Amari Cooper who has been battling a little bit of uh, an injury all season, but I think we're getting to that point where you're kind of looking for those boom bust or super safe guys. And I'm going to take a boom here um, and go with Amari Cooper, uh, who is the ninth overall wide receiver right now. But again, um, I think just, you know, a little slower than he potentially should have been to start the season for sure. And, you know, he only has uh, two games of more than five receptions, uh, but one game versus the Packers, 11 for 226 and a touchdown, he can blow up any game uh, of the week. So I like Amari Cooper here in the, the middle of the second round. This is kind of that area where we were picking up potentially Michael Thomas or Julio Jones uh, when drafts were happening earlier this summer. So if I was to take uh, Amari Cooper for the second half of the season and he were to stay healthy and blow up, I like that a lot. So I'm going to take Carson um, and uh, Amari Cooper back-to-back. And Lucas, we're back to you. If uh... – so I think Cooper had another MRI. If you were to like be injured, who would you pivot to? Just for the listener, is that receiver? Because obviously, man, that's would... that's tough. Because I would want to go with Adam Thielen, but he's hurt too. Because obviously, um, you wouldn't take a hurt receiver. Obviously, no, I would not take a hurt receiver. Um, you know what? I'd probably go Josh Jacobs or. James Conner, if he was healthy, but again, I think we're coming into a lot of question marks. So, you know what? I think if I had everybody available and they were healthy, I might go Thielen, but if not, I would go with uh, Jacobs probably. Fair enough. At the next pick, uh, I'm going to go Jacobs actually. Chris touched on his playoff schedule. Uh, It's very, very easy. He is the full-time workhorse that I know I did not expect. Um, I guess actually I did expect that, but I did not expect him to be this good, I think was the main thing. Uh, but everyone has their different opinions. I actually flipped Chubb for Jacobs in my main league to kind of show how I feel about nice. the situation. That's a great flip right now, man, with the uncertainty with uh, Hunt. I think that's a good move. Yeah, I think it's – he's not doing the greatest right now, but I think I'll be okay uh, in the long term with the playoff schedule. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chris covered basically everything on Jacobs, but I think he's going to be a steal, or he would be a steal at the 205. I agree. He could be a first-round pick potentially next year if he keeps us up. Uh, Chris, you got back-to-back in the second round here. All right. So the two – I actually uh, – Lucas, to kind of go off of you, I actually passed on Chubb on both of my next picks because of the uncertainty with Hunt. Um, so I like, I, like, uh, I like Edelman and DJ Chark in these two positions here, primarily because they're just reception machines. Um, Edelman's actually having a pretty low-key like, uh, career year in a sense. Um, you know, he already has four touchdowns. Uh, he has two games over 100 yards, which he normally doesn't have as a Patriot. Um, uh, and again, it's primarily because they distribute the ball so so much and so often, but he's pretty much their primary weapon. Um, so, it, you know, I think with this bye week coming up, um, their schedule is pretty – it looks hard on paper, but um, for a guy like him yeah, – he's, he's matchup-proof. Yeah, exactly. It really won't be that difficult for, for Edelman. Um, but as long as he just stays healthy, you know, and kind of gets through those rib problems, I think he'll be fine. And then DJ Chark, he's kind of slowing down a little bit, um, but I think it's more uh, more to do with the uh, Gardner Minshew slowdown than his overall play. So I think when Nick Foles coming back uh, relatively soon, um, you know, we'll see a, uh, an uptick in his workload and production. So I like Edelman and DJ Chark here. You know, I've, I had Edelman ranked as wide receiver nine on the season. I got a lot of hate for that. So yeah. it's no, looking it, up now. Yeah, he's, he's always solid. You always count on him. Oh, we saw. I think I, I think we saw a general fade from Brady too this year, which just isn't going to happen. So, um, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. Shouts to uh, shouts to Edelman and um, Lucas. You're up again. Yep, on um, the back half of round two, I am going to take Chubb. Um, I by next by this time next not this time next year by next year's draft he'll be back in the round first round as Hunt's not going to be on that team uh, I agree. Any, any longer. So. I, if Hunt were not there, I would have taken Chubb over – I I think you would have taken him over Fournette, I think. Chubb? If Kareem yeah. Hunt wasn't there, absolutely. 
Yeah, I don't think I could take him over Kamara, but I think definitely over Fournette. He's probably the wider, the running back five for sure. Uh, even with Hunt, he's still going to be a at least 60, 60% snap share. And I think Hunt's really only going to cut into the uh, passing game, which Chubb really hasn't been a part of this year. So I don't know if it's necessarily a knock on Chubb. Uh, his receiving game at all is just kind of non-existent. But if you kind of look at the general uh, landscape of what running backs are left, I think he's the best available by far. I like it. I like it a lot. Definitely the questions of Nick Chubb, but I think uh, if you eliminate Kareem Hunt, which I agree, I don't think he'll be on the team either. He could be a starting running back on many other uh, teams in the league. So I think that'll happen next year. Good call there. I'm going to go with uh, my back-to-back picks here to um, kind of the back half of the second round. I'm going to go with David Johnson. Uh, been battling a handful of injuries. Uh, he looks to be 100%. At least that's what he said. He has a tough schedule in the next couple of weeks, um, but I think coming around the playoffs, I think he'd be, he'd be great. And if I had him for the second half and he was healthy, I like him a lot. Um, he has uh, over 17 touches in all but three of his games this year, and he scored five total touchdowns, which I like a lot. That up pace, um, fast offense, not a ton of points. Um, but he is the focal point of the offense when he's healthy. I think that's going to continue. I think David Johnson, the back of the second round right now is a steal. And then I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay, who really has made the most of his um, kind of, you know, make or break young stud year. And Matt Stafford's been out of his mind. So Kenny Galladay has actually been playing fantastic. And uh, I like Kenny Galladay here. If he was my, you know, uh, wide receiver too, um, I would be stoked, uh, say, if I, you know, got, let's call him making me Michael Thomas or Mike Evans, and I ended up with Kenny Galladay and I go full PPR, I'm pretty pumped there. So I'm going to go DJ and Kenny Galladay. Uh, Lucas and Chris, two more picks in the second round, then we'll get to the final round. Yep, I'm taking George Kittle here. If Kelsey, if this was a real draft back in August and Kelsey was at this spot, I took him in every single league. Um, I was a tight end early advocate, which I don't think – I know you were on the fence guy. Uh, what about you, Chris? What are, no, I'm a, I'm a huge tight end early guy. And I went, I went, uh, my whole thing was like, I was kind of like both. I was yeah. either or how about that? So I was like, look, pick one of the big three or wait until the end of your draft. Yeah. That, that, that's, that. that's what I said. So I was like, look, if you want to go for it, pick him in the fucking end of the first or the second round and just go for it and live or die by Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz or just literally wait till the end and like take a chance on Waller and then win your league. (laughs) I was kind of only, Ertz was kind of the only one I faded in a sense because I could just get Evan Ingram like two rounds later. Mm -hmm. But um, Kittle is not the overall tight end one on the season right now. He is, he was. Four. Yeah, so he's, I guess, underperforming, I guess you could say in quotations, but the thing it's only looking up from here. They finally got their offense clicking. I think he yeah. already played the Cardinals last week. He gets to play the Cardinals again next week, and we know how that narrative goes. Um, he's seeing I don't have the no, normal numbers, but I'm sure he's seeing the highest target share, highest, highest market share, everything like that. Uh, he's a locked and loaded, and especially at that position, that's such an advantage that you'd have for I don't know Jack Doyle or so whoever other people would be starting every week. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's fair. And uh, Lucas, or sorry, Chris, you're up next. Yes. To, uh, so take us out of the second and into the third. Yeah. So my my pick to basically wrap up the second round and and uh, you know Lucas, since you went a run on tight ends, and not that you know we're we're basically picking the best player available, but if we're talking tight ends to this point, I think Austin Hooper for me is the guy I'd want to take right now. Um, he, I can't, I. I, I'm like toggling in my head. I'm like, I think he's the number one option over there right now. I'll, you know, even with Julio Jones um, and, and with Sanu gone, uh, I can only see his target share becoming more prevalent. So he's been crushing it all year and I, I can't see him slowing down. They just came off of a, of a much needed buy. Uh, I know they're having a pretty terrible season, but they're obviously a very um, pass happy team uh, with, a, I would say a lot of pride. So they're not going to pack it in. I think they're going to try to keep winning. They don't want to lose. So. Um, you know, they're going to keep trying to win games. So Austin Hooper to me is, is one of their best weapons. Um, any thoughts on that guys? Just a general comment. I think the only thing with him is his playoff schedule gets kind of harder. Mm. So if you like, obviously if Kittle's gone, you can't take Kittle. So I think I would go. Yeah. I think I would go Hooper if you are trying to take a tight end. Um, sure. 
Waller's sort of slowing down. I mean, it's his numbers are kind of inflated because he put up like that 35-point game or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. I think Hooper's – I agree. I think Dan Quinn's going to be there next year. I think they're going to be an okay team next year once they draft defense yeah. and get some O-line. So, I think it's a, it's a smart pick. Hey, listeners, take a break here. If you like what you hear and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Of course, you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com and make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rate and review here as well. We appreciate your feedback. Finally, go visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings and Lucas's Start Sit article. Also, Make sure to go listen and subscribe to the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast and go follow them on IG and Twitter at the Commish FFP. Before we get into the second half of the episode and the second half of our mock draft, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Take us into the third round, my man. Yeah, third round. So I'm going to go with the QB here, Russell Wilson. Uh, he's been crushing it all year, and we just talked about him earlier. I think he's going to solidify his MVP status. But um, generally speaking, I mean, outside of the, the San Francisco matchup that he has, he plays San Fran again, but it isn't until week 17, so you don't really got to worry about him for, the, for, uh, for fantasy purposes. Um, Russell Wilson gets better for some reason with fantasy playoffs and, uh, weeks 14, 15, and 16, he has the Rams, Carolina, and then he plays in, you know, we play to win, we play to win the game. So you want him on championship week. He's your guy playing against potentially the worst pass defense in Arizona. And, uh, and that's where you want him. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson third pick, maybe a bit high, but I think you're going to need him, uh, down the stretch. I dig it, dude. I dig it. He is the best quarterback in the league. We don't need to argue Fucking, about it. He's, dude, he's, but he is so ugh. much better than Patrick Mahomes. It's not even <laughs> yeah. like it's not even close. And I don't. I mean, we don't need to debate on it or anything. Yeah, but. it's his year. It's his year. It's awesome. He's a lot of fun. Um, got a couple more picks here, man. Lucas, you're up again. Third round. Yeah, normally I would never draft this guy, but his schedule is way too easy to leave uh, on the board. It's Le'Veon Bell. Although I think his upside is very limited, um, I think me and Chris we, we said that uh, that was their prove it game, and they lost to the Dolphins, so they did not prove it. Uh, but he still had, I think, I don't know, he definitely had like what running back two numbers, and I think that's what'll kind of put out from a year from here on out, up until uh, week sixteen or seventeen, whenever your playoff uh, championship is. Um, it's not that I really love this pick, but there really isn't much else I would pick over him as of now oh man I've been I've been I've been all over Lev Bell this whole podcast and my my <laughs> I just it, it hasn't changed at all every single week <laughs> I wait to be surprised by some dope stat line three touchdowns something cool 
and it just hasn't happened yet. I know the schedule's great. It's been good for a while. The team's shitty. The head coach is horrible. Uh, I just don't buy it. I'm not in. It's not happening. Nothing's it, changing. Here, here's the deal. If this is a real draft, like, there's no way in hell I'm picking Le'Veon Bell right oh, no. there no, or I'm... in the first couple rounds. So I just – I can't agree with where he's at. I understand he, like, quote-unquote, should be mentioned because of those things that you mentioned. I don't disagree with what you said. I just personally, like, could not bring myself to actually pull the trigger right there. Mm. Well, to be, to be fair, Scotty, your take on that, I mean, Lucas, you have, him draft, you have him drafted here third round, second pick. We took him in the back of the first round in the TCK League. So it kind of just tells you how, how uh, he's fallen relative to, uh, to week 10. So Here's the deal. If I took, hypothetically, just the way this, this draft has worked out, let's say I had the third pick and I took um, – I took – Yep, Michael Thomas. Okay, I, I took Michael Thomas, and I ended up with let's let's just see another one. I took uh, let's say Galladay. Um, I would not want Le'Veon Bell as my wide or my running back one, even without a running back yet. No, I just mm. wait. I just go no running back strategy. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, well, let's move on here. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. Uh, we'll just bust out the the big three tight ends. We were talking about this with Kittle, uh, Kelsey, and Ertz and whatever rounds you or whatever order you had them in preseason. I'm going to just tag team up here. I'm going to get a third uh, tight end here as well. Hunter Henry is absolutely off the charts. Dude's a fucking animal. And he's the number – let's see. Here, let me just make sure I have this right. He's the number nine tight end on the season. Played four games. <laughs> He's, and he missed four games, so he's played. Uh, he's played five, um, not including uh, you know tonight's game. So very impressive. Love Hunter Henry. And next up, I put Keenan Allen. I don't feel good about it. I still go with my bold prediction on the season, which is Mike Williams is going to outproduce Keenan Allen. But I think that the Chargers have just come to the fact of like we're going to force the ball to Keenan Allen, and they they have not really been. Uh, putting Mike Williams in the end zone as much as I thought they were going to. He's not coming up with the efficiency I thought that he would. So against my better judgment, I don't even like this pick, but I think it makes sense to go Keenan Allen here. I did have somebody else I wanted to put here, but if he falls, I'm going to take him in my next pick at ninth uh, pick in the third round. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to go with Keenan Allen here kind of against my better judgment, but if he's healthy, I think he's potentially a steal in the middle of the third round. This is such a, I did not – this is such a hard pick. Um, I narrowed it down to Todd Gurley and Allen Robinson, and I'm going to go Robinson because obviously we're drafting as if we had an upcoming fantasy season. And to me, I think Trubisky is going to get benched, uh, whether that's now or in three weeks. That only will help Allen Robinson, uh, who is currently wide receiver 16 on the season, averaging 14.8 points per game. So – in the third round, you're most likely getting your uh, wide receiver two or you're getting your wide receiver one with two stud running backs. So I think he's definitely serviceable. And if he gets a quarterback, he has lots of upside. Totally agree. He went over, what, uh, 1,414 or 1,515 uh, with, with Blake Bortles. So he's got all the talent in the world. Unfortunately, he's never had a quarterback in his career. So – Hopefully uh, he can he can make that happen. I uh, I don't like the pick just because I think there's very little upside for him in his situation. Um, but you know we're in the third round. You're in a PPR league. It's not terrible. It's just uh, probably not who I would pick there. Uh, Chris, you are back to back here in the third round. All right. So I went Derrick Henry for my first pick here. Uh, I just I, I, to me I just see that the offense flows through him in Tennessee. The only problem I have here is that he's a little inconsistent with uh, putting up consistent points. That's where the inconsistency lies. Um, so just like in the past five weeks, he's done 13 points, four points, 17 points, six points, and then 24 points. So he's got some potential to have great weeks for you and, you know, kind of pull out a nice, uh, you know, RB2, uh, you know, point structure essentially. Um, but I think coming up, he's got a buy in week 11, which, you know, helps offensive lines and running backs late in the season. So it's nice that they got that. And then, you know, basically you're queued up for, um, for the playoffs after that. I like him there. And then uh, I have Stefan Diggs. Uh, I'm not necessarily in love with Stefan Diggs. I, I don't know what's, I don't know what their deal is over there in Minnesota. It's like, you know, it looks like he's picking it up and he's, you know, on a tear for like three or four weeks. And then he gets like one target or whatever it was, four targets last game with one catch. So, um, 
Um, but I think, I think his upside is too strong to, to pass him much further towards, uh, towards this part of the draft. So I'm going to take him and hopefully the, uh, the boom happens. Oof. It's tough, man. With Thielen hurt, with Thielen hurt, it makes sense. And here's the deal, man. We're, we're about to end. We got a couple picks left and we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to do a little studying on who we didn't pick. Mm. And I think I'm going to make a, a mention of it on the next podcast of just like, or we can, I mean, we can just scan over who it is and make some honorable mentions because yeah. I mean, we haven't mentioned a number of guys and, and we're just probably not going to mention a handful of guys for people like, dude, how the fuck did you not pick so-and-so in the first oh, two yeah. rounds? There's, there's so many, yeah. This is where we're at though, dude. It's it's like there's so much shit that we now know. Uh, let's end out this draft and maybe we'll go through a couple. So while you guys, when it's not your turn, why don't you guys scan through real quick to see who we didn't pick and maybe we'll have just a couple of names that would be honorable mentions in the next fourth and fifth round. Uh, Lucas, you are up. I'm up for two. Lucas again. And then Chris, you got the final pick. Yeah, I'm kind of just basing this one off of how I sort of drafted this year. I took Kelsey uh, a little lower on the charts than what everyone expected. Everyone expected a record-breaking year. That's why he went at the – I'd say it probably leveled Back out. Back of the first? I mean, I mean, it probably leveled out to like mid-second towards August. I, I mean, obviously, I took him in the first round a couple of my leagues. I was like scoring like tight end premium-based, obviously, but it's – kind of disappointing i guess but even with how he's been performing there's still a huge advantage at the tight end position uh compared to other people's rosters so i'm going to take him here as my third third guy on the roster that has two touchdown upside every week it's a pretty solid bet i agree i think that's uh not a terrible pick there and when kelsey's kelsey you're you're definitely a league winner for sure uh, I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon here, and I'm not crazy about Melvin Gordon. I actually don't like this pick. You know what? I don't like the Chargers, period. And I just picked two of them, and it makes me feel sick. But Melvin Gordon taking over for Austin Eckler, I think I you know, mentioned a couple weeks ago. Uh, Chris and I talked about it for quite a while about maybe moving off of Eckler uh, a few weeks ago, all these kind of things. Anyway, Melvin Gordon looks to be the bell cow again. He looks to have his offense. They're using him more. He's getting more healthy. I think Melvin Gordon's a steal in the back of the third round now that he's healthy and he's back. And then I'm going to go with the second quarterback, which is Lamar Jackson. Um, I debated Deshaun Watson, but he has one oh, – here, I'm about to destroy my own argument. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I was going to say he only has one weapon, but Lamar Jackson has no weapons, and Deshaun Watson's one weapon is Nuke Hopkins, so maybe that's not my argument. I guess I'm just – for some reason – Deshaun Watson puts up great stats and he looks super smooth doing shit sometimes, but he also, his offensive line is so bad. And I don't know how he doesn't have many, many, many more blow up games, but for mm -hmm. some reason he doesn't. And then I look ahead at the playoff schedule, which is really what I'm interested in. Lamar Jackson moving forward at the bungles, Houston at home at the Rams, who is not as scary. I don't think. Um, and then the Niners, which we could see what happens, but that game's in Baltimore at Buffalo, which, could be a snow game, but a great rushing ability for him. Jets at home, and then the Cleveland Browns on the road in your fantasy championship. Loving Lamar Jackson. Even if he throws for 180 and a touchdown, he's going to run for 80 and one or two each week as well. We know how that helps your quarterback. I think it's maybe a stretch for your quarterback here in the back of the third round, your second quarterback. But with what we have saw from Lamar Jackson so far um, – I think it would be an absolute steal. And I'm looking at the 11th position right here, just if this is a mock draft. We're looking at Julio Jones in the – or, sorry, New Hopkins in the first round, Julio in the second round. Um, oh, and then Cortland Sutton. Sorry, I skipped one. Cooper Cup, uh, Chris Carson, and Lamar Jackson, if you got the 10th pick overall in this draft, I'm pretty stoked with that. So, I like Lamar Jackson here. Maybe a stretch, maybe a reach, but I will go with my man Lamar Jackson. Two more picks left, Lucas, and then Chris take us out, and then we'll get some honorable mentions. Think about this. That's not a far out pick because Patrick Mahomes is being taken in the early third. Like, yep. He was the, everyone knew the regression was coming. They still took him in the third. Lamar Jackson is matchup proof. He has the worst QBR since week five in the NFL, and he's QB one in fantasy right now. <laughs> and he single handedly destroyed the Patriots defense. That is fantasy football. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, so my next, my <laughs> Settle next down. Pick. Let's settle down. All right. Julian Elvin fumbled. All right. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Patriots got put back in that game because the dude muffed the punt. Okay. If, <laughs> if he did not muff that punt, they, that, they might not even scored that first half. Very, very true. I can't deny that. 
We played right. pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Colton Sutton here. Um, the heir to Emmanuel Sanders, rest in peace, Emmanuel Sanders. He, I, I had my doubts last week with Brandon Allen, uh, depending on if it was kind of a QB, if he was a QB flawed receiver, that's how you want to say it. But he proved last week that he can get it done no matter who's there. And Brandon Allen somehow uh, won the football game. But from here on out, I think Colton Sutton would be an okay, uh, I guess, hot wide receiver one if you took running back, running back, or a low end, or be a high end wide receiver two. I think that's fair. It's it's a it's shocking to have Cortland Sutton even discussed right now. Uh, but this you know, next pick is so gross. Non non Hall of Famer <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco has just been carrying Cortland Sutton, which has been uh, amazing. So shouts to him. And uh, with the last pick of this three round draft, um, do it, do it, All Chris. Right. Don't All do right, it. doing don't it. Do it. Don't do I it. have to do it. I have to. I can't imagine a world where they don't dopest figure- dopest cleats in the league, bro. You got to get it. To <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, OBJ. I'm taking with the last pick of the third round. I just think that they got to figure this out. I don't think they're going to win much more, but I think they're going to lose by throwing the ball to OBJ. I can't see how they can continue to have man-to-man coverage and not throw him the ball. So I think they straighten that out somehow, and he gets more targets, more looks, more fantasy points, and everyone's happy. Apparently, Baker did come out and said straight up, like, we want to pepper Odell early. Um, let's hope it happens for fantasy. Uh, I mean, They, they have good. a easy schedule coming up. Like, I mean, yeah. that's just, we talked about it before, too. So, it's yeah. definitely, there's definitely hope. Yeah, there is absolutely hope. I mean, they have a they kind of have a cupcake schedule. We yeah. have no idea what's actually going to happen. But yeah. uh, just do you guys think Kareem Hunt coming back – with what we know Kareem Hunt can do, not what you think they're necessarily going to do, do you think it'll help or hurt the pass game for the Browns? Not n- Nothing to do with Nick Chubb. Will Kareem Hunt, with whatever role you think he'll have, help or hurt the pass game overall? Should it help, I think. You think it's going to hurt? I'm kind of like – I, I don't should. know. Because I think he's just going to kind of fill into Hilliard's role, and I don't know if that necessarily – I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't think that's necessarily like – for example, they play though at the Bills this week, so I don't think that's going to make them draw Tre'Davious White off shadow coverage. If that kind of makes like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't see where it's getting any worse. I guess, but I just don't really see a high ceiling that comes with Kareem Hunt coming into this offense. You disagree, Chris? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, Kareem Hunt's good. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I know he hasn't played in a little bit, and maybe he has like a Melvin Gordon sort of hangover which is definitely possible. So, you know, he might not kick it into gear until, you know, maybe the second time they play Pittsburgh this year, which is week 13. But um, if you're a defensive coordinator, I don't see how you look at Kareem Hunt as a catching option and, and aren't trying to prepare for that. And then uh-huh. yeah, I feel that. Opens, and that opens up the field somehow for, for your other outside weapons. It's going to be tough to, to man all those guys. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why they didn't trade him by now because his contract expires after this year, right? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a rental for sure. Yeah, yeah. After they started losing, I thought for sure they were going to trade him to I don't know to some team that could use him for a championship. It, yeah, but it could also just be an insurance. I mean, you give all that work to Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb's a for fucking sure. animal for show. Mm-hmm. But if anything happens to him, you have like another super dope young starting running back who yeah. just is super fresh legs and fine. I mean, he had a he had a. Um, uh, abdominal hernia, I think, right? Sports hernia surgery. Something so that's like, that, like yeah. that's no good, but it's not like a leg injury per se. So, I mean, I think Cream Hunt's going to be slow for a week or two, but if yeah. they turn him loose and they, they, they run like a two back situation, like yeah. honestly, man, I know we've been hating on the Browns and likewise, they've looked like shit and I get it, but yo, <laughs> they're, they're the dopest like Madden esque team in the league. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> they're Six. like, they're, they're like who the Chiefs you know, have been on paper and, and the Browns just haven't pulled together. So we'll see what happens. Um, That rounds out our draft. I'm not going to roll through all the picks again, um, but let's talk about some honorable mentions really quick. So honorable mentions are essentially just players that could potentially be maybe in, you know, one of these rounds, probably the, you know, third for the most part, but maybe even the back of the second. And then if not, maybe would come up right away in the fourth round here. Um, I'll just run through the names, and if there's maybe one guy on this list you guys want to discuss, let's talk about that. Um, In no particular order, honorable mentions, Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Mark Ingram, Marlon Mack, Todd Gurley, Adam Thielen, Aaron Rodgers, 
Philip Lindsay and Tyreek Hill. Uh, for me, really quick, um, I think for me, Percy Tyreek Hill might be an oversight on my part. Um, but he has not been – I mean, he's still catching touchdowns because he's a beast. But he's not been the same with Matt Moore. Mahomes should come back, but we'll see if he's still 100% Mahomes. And they do have a lot of other weapons there. Tyreek Hill should probably be in the top three rounds, though. Yeah, we, we definitely missed that one. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, universal miss. Um, now, Lucas, would you take Tyreek Hill or Cortland Sutton in the third round there? I would take Tyreek Hill over <laughs> – let's see. Uh, DJ Chark. I'd take him over Edelman, DJ Chark. I'd take him after Cooper. I think once we started there, I think you could slide him into – because obviously yeah. we're taking it like as of now. And even yeah. with Matt Moore, he's been playing fine. I think, to be honest, me personally, I would straight up sub Hill for DJ Chark and take him out completely. Take Chark right. out of the three rounds, in my, my personal opinion, and put in Tyreek Hill right there. Here's a pretty easy fantasy schedule. So, I mean, I think Chark is better than Sutton going forward. And Diggs. <laughs> yeah, I think so I would too. Probably, I, would take, I would probably swap DJ Chark for Tyreek Hill, put Tyreek Hill where Diggs was. Okay. Move Diggs out. That's what I would do. We took, okay, I took right. Diggs seventh, seventh, seventh pick in the third round. So I think yeah. there's just, I think there's just a lot of question marks in Kansas City right now. Obviously, if Mahomes is Mahomes and Tyree kills Tyree Kill, he's probably like a number three receiver. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of question marks going on right now. The Chiefs, even with Mahomes, they weren't the Chiefs when he was a bit banged up. And yeah, he's coming back healthy, you know, sometime soon. But he takes another shot. I mean, he could be out for the season. You know, I don't wish negative on the kid. It's just like that shit happens all the time and. Uh, we'll see what happens. So Tyreek Hill is probably the biggest miss. Um, Chris, who else do you think should be on within the, the three rounds out of the names we just mentioned? Yeah, I think Emmanuel Sanders should certainly be in there somewhere. I, for some reason, I think the move to, to, to San Francisco uh, works for him. <laughs> just get, getting him out of Uncle Joe Flacco's uh, passing lane is, uh, is, is in his favor, it seems like. So, um, yeah, I like, I like Emmanuel Sanders – on the 49ers. Sorry, Lucas. It's okay. <laughs> I've, I've accepted it. Lucas, how about you, bud? Who's your uh, – who's this the player on this list that could potentially be in the top All three right. rounds here? I got one. I actually wrote this down. So, the Bears defense had an ADP in the seventh round, right? Right. They scored 191 points last year. Take a guess at how much points the Patriots defense is on track for. Like, if you, ex- if you extrapolated out their average to 16 games. 290. No, it's not going to be double. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 230, but their schedule is harder. I think literally twice as difficult as far as wins and loss goes. So I'm going to say 230, and there's no way in hell I would put the Patriots defense anywhere close to the eighth round. 329.6. And if you like, so say you divide that by 191, that's like, so for every point the Bears defense scored, the Patriots are scoring 1.73 points, like equivalent. More yeah. Yes. So far. So far, but we're talking again, we're talking we're talking second half. Oh no, yeah. I would I would never take them. I just yeah, I, I hear you and that's impressive. And the Niners have also kicked ass, but in the second half, man, no no I mean not that you're saying you should draft him in the second, third round or whatever, but like still we see this every year. It was the Jags, then it was the Bears, next year it'll be the Patriots, maybe the Niners, and it just I don't know. We'll see. That's England, a cool stat, though, man. New England's defense, to, to kind of add to that, and, I, and this, again, this is not a prediction of the second half of the year, but so in my home league, we, we play a, uh, Q, a QB premium league, so we put extra emphasis on points for QBs. The New England defense was the number one point getter in our league up until last week. So oh, for, yeah. Shit, dude. So for eight mean, weeks in yeah. a QB premium league, they were the number one point getter. <laughs> That's so, so crazy. It is think, absolutely insane. I think Eckler would be the only one maybe – I you think so, even still with, with Gordon, with what we're seeing now? I don't. I have him, and I'm saying no. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be based off how your team – like, because, I, I mean, I think he's, like, equivalent to – like, maybe you don't take Lamar Jackson, you just take Eckler. Maybe you don't take Sutton, you go running back. Take, I don't know. I think he's, like, close, I would say. Sure. sure. Well, I, I mean, I'm not a big Lindsay guy, but I, I think like, you know, high upside running backs or volume running backs, we could definitely look at all these guys, uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Marlon Mack, 
uh, Philip Lindsay, Gurley, I'm worried about. I wouldn't go there. A healthy Thielen would have been on this list, uh, but he's not. He's going to miss another couple of weeks, so he's out. Um, there's another handful of guys. I mean, James Conner would have been on here for sure if he was healthy. There's a lot of guys that would have been on this list, but they're not because they're injured right now, and we're looking at the second half. Yo, that was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time doing that. I actually learned a lot just kind of recapping what that was, and to be honest with you, I think it would be a lot of fun um, at the end of the season to do another like three to five rounds of the full season recap and then compare it to preseason ADP versus what we end up doing at the very end of the season. So that was a lot of fun. Um, any uh, final, final words or uh, just thoughts on what you guys maybe learned or experienced there in the, in the kind of recap for the second week preview? Um, I think the uh, only thing is Christian McCaffrey will be the one-on-one from here on out for the next, like, five years. Holy yeah, shit, dude. I think so. Now, real real talk, uh, let's, let's take out McCaffrey and Saquon comparison to each other. Do you think the Panthers or the Giants will be a better team collectively over the next three years? Like, what do you – like, you're just saying, will they – yeah, I mean, like, because my thing is, like, what's the difference between Saquon and Christian McCaffrey as a player? Nothing. But I, I don't think. I think they're very equivalent yeah. personally. I mean, but the situation in New York is an absolute dumpster fire. And in Carolina, it's not good, but it's just not as bad. I think it, it kind of brings up the whole, like, when they drafted Saquon, they could have taken, like, Bradley Chubb or a quarterback. And you look at a team like the Saints that took Kamara, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's – they took him in the third round and they got their dudes ahead of him. So, I, I think if you're trying to say, like, does – I guess. Are you trying to say, like, does having that running back – is that having an elite running back going to make them better in the future? Is that kind of – You're saying that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the number one running back, uh, you know, hypothetically, um, barring, you know, injuries and all that other shit, in fantasy football for the next couple of years. I don't disagree with you per se, but before the season started – Saquon Barkley was going to be the best running back in fantasy football for the next three years, bar mm-hmm. none. And mm-hmm. now he's not. That's all yeah. I'm bringing up. I guess, okay, yeah. I think McCaffrey definitely could. I don't think. Kamara could be that guy. Cook could be that guy. I think yeah. the, Saints, the Saints will always use a committee, I think, though. And I, 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 can, see, I, can, see, I can see Saquon getting back up there. Uh, same, I can see Dalvin Cook actually asserting some dominance. I actually don't think, Sky, that the Giants are going to be terrible for too long. They have they actually have a lot of great offensive weapons. I think they just need a, a better play calling they situation. Defensive backs. Them. What's that? Their defensive backs are terrible. Oh yeah, their defense needs some help, but their offense is pretty good. So they should they should yeah. put up points. I think they also need a real number one receiver. Um, Slayton is young, and maybe he'll he'll butt into it, whatever. But. Uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, assuming he stays healthy enough, and Golden Tate, I think, are the same guy. And they're both very good receivers in the slot and for what they do. But, I mean, for example, if a healthy A.J. Green was on the Giants with those two guys, Mm -hmm. that's fucking nasty, to be honest. Right. Right. Shoot, any of the receivers in this year's draft, or like like an A.J. Brown (laughs) or something like that. Like, I mean, is there any deep threat receiver, I think, would just – I don't know. I think it would just help him tremendously. Oof. We agree, man. We yeah. could, we could we could talk ball all night. I appreciate you guys, man. I know it's getting it's getting late on in the Midwest and late later uh, on the East Coast. I appreciate you guys so much, man. That was a lot of fun. Uh, kind of a three round redraft. Let's do it again at the end of the season. I think that'd be a lot of fun to learn a lot. Um, TCK Pod recap and preview, of course, in the first half of this episode. Any final thoughts heading into Week Ten, gentlemen? Go Seahawks! I just want to win. That'll do for this podcast. Huge thanks once again to Lucas and Chris for hopping onto the podcast. Always a pleasure having those guys on. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast and check out our website tckpod.com for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sick column. 
If you've gained any value from this episode, you know what to do. Please subscribe and leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening and give us a like and a follow on social medias. It really does make a difference for us. Make the most of the rest of your day. and We'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser and Chris Benavides, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.